is a little bit lengthy of what I want to read today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a certain part of this, and then I'm going to ask you to join in. Let's see. Uh, Verse 13 is where I'll have you join in. But let me begin reading this. John chapter 13. And then when we get down to verse 13, that's easy to remember. I'll have you join in. But let me begin reading here. Father, thank you for your word today. And Lord, by the Holy Spirit, speak exactly what you want to say today to each of us. And may we be not only informed, but transformed. May we not only be challenged, but may we be changed today by the power of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. John 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him, therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? Now let's all read together verses 13 to 17. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you. If you do them. So last week, we allowed Jesus to teach us about love. We're on a series now, just started this series called The Walk of Love. And we allowed the Lord Jesus to teach us last week what it is and what it looks like to walk in love. And here are these disciples, and he comes to wash their feet and And Simon doesn't even want him to do it. Peter says, oh, Lord, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Peter, you got to let me wash you. This is more than feet he's talking about. You have to let me wash you. You pick up contamination. You pick up things from this world. And you need to let me wash you. And it's... It's the heart of the Lord coming out, and there's more that's said through his actions than even his words. He's saying, it's my privilege to wash you, but he's also saying, it's my place. That's who I am to you. I'm the Savior. 
I'm here to wash you. I'm here to save you. And the things that you pick up in this world, I'm here to minister to you so that those things are once again cleansed from your life so that they don't trip you up, hold you back, or at worst, drag you back into the things of the world. I'm here to wash you. And it was such a tender time last week of doing that. Well, now we go on and we read more of the passage and we find out that Jesus says, hey, I'm doing this to you, but I'm also asking that you do this for one another. Look at it again from where we began reading, verse 13. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. Say that phrase with me, would you? You also ought to wash one another's feet. Say it again. You also ought to wash one another's feet. Ought to. You ought to. You also ought to. You ought to. Somebody say, well, it's a choice, right? I mean, we can, if we want to, be servants to one another. Jesus said, it's not just you can, you ought to. You ought to. That is now a role that you assume being a follower of Jesus. Is that right? That's a role that you assume. A lot of people say, no, 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 I signed up to go to heaven. I did not sign up to serve everybody. When the gospel was preached to me, it was all about heaven. Streets of gold, mansions to live in. Isn't that right? Angels that are serving you. Coffee every morning, right? Bagels, scones, whatever you want. It's, it's a place with no more tears. It's a wonderful place. I didn't sign up to be everybody's servant. But you did. You signed up to be like Jesus. Amen. He said, follow me. Follow me. Well, can I, can I follow you part time? Because some of the places you go, Lord, I really don't want to go. And especially when it's stooping down at somebody's feet or getting involved, getting my hands in somebody's, if I could say this, this is a really theological word, somebody's nastiness. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, that's like, ah, I, I just don't want to get all into that. Can I just keep my distance? And here's Jesus coming up close. Give me, give me your foot. Give me the dirtiest part of your life is what he's saying. Because Peter said, well, wash my head and my hands also. He said, no, no, you've already bathed. The dirtiest part of you is your feet. Hand them here and let me wash them. And so Jesus is saying, if I've done that, if I'm your teacher, if I'm your Lord, and I would stoop to do that, then you certainly ought to do it with one another at a peer level. And he goes on to say in verse 16, notice this. Well, look at verse 15. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. That you should do as I have done to you. Now look at verse 16. Most assuredly, I say to you, most assuredly. Now, when I read most assuredly, I get the impression that it can't get any more sure than this. Do you get that same impression? Most, everybody say, most assuredly. Most assuredly. Jesus said, listen, this can't be any more sure 
I say this to you. A servant is not greater than his master. Now, some people think that in verse 16, he started talking about a different subject. Well, now he's talking about servants and masters. He's no longer talking about washing one another's feet. But that's not true. He's talking about the same thing. He said, a servant's not greater than his master. In other words, if I'm your master and you're my servant, then no, you, you don't have a status that's higher than mine to where you can't stoop down and wash other people's feet. feet. Isn't that right? A servant is not greater than his master. If you call me master, and this is what I do, when you refuse to do it for other people, you're saying your status is higher than mine. Boy, that's heavy right there, isn't it? Come on, say it out loud. Say, a servant is not greater than his master. And then look at this next part. Nor he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Verse 17. If you know these things, if you know these things, if you know these things. Let me stop right there. How many of you already knew that we as believers are called to serve one another? Raise your hand. Look at that. Most everybody in the room. All right, watch this. If you know these things, blessed are you if... You do them. What did he just say? Just because you know them, that doesn't mean you do them. Just because you know this, that doesn't mean you do it. Isn't that right? Now, here's what's interesting. Sometimes when you hear the teaching of the word of God, you get motivated to do it right then. But I'll bet we don't have a lot of people right here saying, man, I'm just tempted to just get down in front of the person next to me and pull their shoes off and just start washing their feet. I bet we don't have very many people in here that say, man, I'm just tempted. I want to do it right now. I want to do it right now. <laughs> this, this, is not, this is not the part that, you know, when we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ for people to get saved, this is not the passage we normally pull out. Hey, guess what you get to do? In between the toes. <laughs> Isn't that right? This is not the part we tell people, man, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Oh, man. And some of the feet, oh, brother, you're going to love this. How many of you know people aren't going to be just lining up? Because, see, you got to get born again and have a change of heart from the Lord before this makes any sense to you. Isn't that right? Unbelievers, oh, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense to most of them you got to be born again. you got to have something happen in your heart. And Jesus is, through his word, speaking to them. And this word is going down in them and helping them to see something. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Now, I know, I know some of us, I'm going to put myself in this category all day today, okay? I know some of us, I'm not going to talk to you, I'm going to talk to us. Okay, it's a little, you know, it's a little gentler like that. Right. But some of us, we think the problem is timing. Now, I don't mind serving people, but man, that right now. No, no, no. Do you know what I've done today? Right. You know what? You know what's going on today? You know, so they bring up timing like I don't mind serving, but it's got to be at the right time. If it's the right time, then I'll do it. 
But if it's not the right time, then I'm not obligated to do it. Everybody say timing. timing. So what timing is this with the Lord? Shortly after this, he's going to be arrested. He's going to be tortured. And he's going to be brutally murdered. It's not too many more minutes after this that he'll be in the Garden of Gethsemane and he'll take Peter, James, and John apart from the rest and he'll say, listen, my soul is so sorrowful, I feel like I'm going to die on the inside. Let's talk about timing. This is a good time to serve somebody else's needs. Or some people say, well, you know what? It's not the timing. It's, it's who it is and how they are because of the way they treat me. So let's think about the objects of this servanthood and, and love. One of them is about to betray him for 30 pieces of silver. Another one's going to deny him three times in a row that he even knows him. And the other ones are going to flee and scatter and distance themselves from him. I mean, in just a short time. Tonight, we're not talking about in the next few weeks. Tonight, all this is going to happen, and he knows it's going to happen. He already told Judas that's what's going to happen. He already told Simon that's what's going to happen. And he said, uh, he quoted the scripture and said, smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Isn't that right? And Peter said, even if everybody... Runs away. I won't run away. I'll die with you. And he said, before the rooster crows. Isn't that right? So Jesus just shared, here's what's going to happen. All you guys are out of here. When you see what they're doing to me, you'll be gone. And yet, knowing that, what does he do with them? What's the example? Are, are people too bad? Did, do people mistreat you too badly not to serve their needs? But here's the third one, and this is a word. I, I looked it up to make sure that I wasn't uh, making up a new word. And uh, some things I looked up said I was, but I found it in Webster's. It's the unnecessary, unnecessariness of this event. The unnecessariness of it. Jesus doesn't need to do this. In fact, if we want the feet clean, Peter would be happy to wash Jesus' feet. Isn't that right? We know that. He'd be happy to wash Jesus' feet. No doubt the other disciples, or most of them, they'd be happy if he said, hey, let's get our feet cleaned up. They'd all get their feet cleaned up. He doesn't need to be the one to do it. Just a simple word of instruction would have gotten everybody to wash their own feet or whatever. It's unnecessary for him to do this. And yet, without complaining, he just does it. So see, somebody might say, well, no, no, if, I, if they couldn't do it for themselves, I would do it, but they can do it for themselves. And notice, they can do it for themselves. These are able-bodied men. These are not old, elderly people that are struggling. No. No, they're able to do it. Jesus is taking away all the excuses, isn't he? Should we get on his case for it? Lord, you know, come on. 
couldn't you have done this maybe at a better time instead of at this bad time because you're, you're, you're taking all our, our excuses. Couldn't you have done it to somebody that was really going to stick with you and love you to the end? And Lord, couldn't you have done it for somebody that they couldn't do it for themselves? But he t- he's taking away all the excuses. Now, now yesterday, uh, I, I was out and about and uh, my wife got home in the afternoon and she'd been up late the night before because she was speaking yesterday morning uh, at a local conference. And uh, so she was up late preparing for that. She got up early yesterday morning preparing for that. And so I knew she was tired. But then in the afternoon when she got home, I, I got a text message. And in fact, our family got a text message with this picture. Look at this picture here. That's laundry soap. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? How many of you, if you open the door, and you can see the door right there to get in, if you open the door to step into that, wouldn't that be wonderful? Welcome home. But let me, let me show you the text that she put with this. Look at this. Look at this next picture. Let's not put our laundry soap on top of the washer, please. I thought, and, and the praying hands, right? Please, please. I thought, I'm not sure the caption of my text would have read the same way. Would yours have? How would you, how would you have described that? What would you have said to your family if you knew somebody had put the, the two-gallon bottle of laundry detergent on top of the washing machine? By the way, our washing machine, you know, with the, there's a drawer underneath. It's nearly five foot high, two gallons up on top, and the vibration of it caused that thing to migrate over and fall on the floor. How many of you would have said, uh, please, <laughs> let's not put the two gallons of laundry detergent on top of the washing machine? How many of you would have said that? How many of you, you'd be glad that we didn't put your text message up on the screen today? <laughs> <laughs> Or we'd have to put some characters in place of some of the words, maybe. Isn't that right? Well, then I'm watching the fam get involved in this group text, right? And, and everything from yikes to, uh, was it him? Was it him? I thought it was sound like the disciples. Lord, was it I? You know, who was, was it him? Who was that that did that? You know, and people asking. I, I, and I wisely stayed out of the conversation. And let me tell you why. It's not that I did it. I didn't do it. But the reason why I stayed out of the conversation is because if I even attempted to answer, it would become very evident to everybody why it could not have been me. Because I don't wash any clothes at home. My wife is so good to me. She washes the clothes. And, uh, but others, they're all washing clothes. And I'm not washing any clothes. And so I thought, I'm not touching that because it's going to be obvious because right now I wish I could have been one of the ones that did it, though I wish I'm glad I didn't. But notice this, that everybody's going back and forth, and then Kimberly sends this text. Look at this. In light of eternity, no biggie. In light of eternity, no biggie. How many of you believe she's a real Christian, huh? She's a real Christian. In light of eternity, no biggie. You know what I thought? Well, in the light in the laundry room, that looks bad. (laughs) 
that looks bad. And so uh, she was there for, you know, nearly an hour working on cleaning that up. When I got home, Anthony and I had the privilege of getting the washing machine up in the air and cleaning all under there. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But her example of doing it with a good spirit, a good heart, it's like, man, I, I'm laying on the floor cleaning under this thing. Can't even complain. This woman, her attitude's convicting. You know what I'm talking about? Her attitude's convicting me. You get around people that walk in love. You get around people that are not complaining. And let me tell you, you begin to learn how poor of an attitude you have. In fact, just, just, just whisper to somebody next to you and say, probably talking about you. Come on, tell them. <laughs> probably talking about you. Let me show you something Jesus says. Right, right after this passage that we read, right after verse 17, it goes into the Judas scenario where Jesus has an exchange with Judas and then he goes out to betray Jesus. But as soon as that's done, let's pick it up in verse 34. Notice this. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now notice this. Oh, this just jumped out at me. Verse 35. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. By this, he didn't say, well, this is one of the ways that people will know. No, he said, by this. This is the title of my message today. The measurement of a disciple. The measurement of a disciple. It's not mountain-moving faith. It's not the influence of leadership. Jesus said, by this. By this, all will know that you are my disciple. What's a disciple? You follow me, and therefore you look like me. You follow me, and therefore you act like me. You follow me, and therefore you have a heart like mine. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. By this. By this. Your spiritual maturity is not based on how much Bible you know. It's not based on how many people you can influence. It's based on how much you love and genuinely serve other people. By this. By this. So many people are deceiving themselves, thinking they're highly spiritual because they're articulate, eloquent. They know so much. Or they have influence. Or they have some financial success in their lives. Maybe they have a nice home or a nice car or something so they feel like they have a little status and they can say, well, it's the blessing of the Lord. But Jesus said, let me tell you how you can really tell who my disciples are by this. By this. How well do they serve other people? Some people think the mark of spirituality is how well they can get people to serve them. But Jesus said, no, this is it. This is it. And there are opportunities to serve, to serve people every day. Yesterday I was, I was driving down the street and I, I saw the car in front of me run over something 
that sort of popped up in the air and it looked like a wallet, looked like some credit cards came flying out. So I, I, I thought, well, man, I, I got to get to where I'm going. But I thought, wow, if that is a wallet and if those are credit cards, if that was my wallet, man, I want somebody to stop and gather that up. And so I didn't know if it was or not, but I, I pulled over, I went back, and I waited till the traffic was, was clear, and I went out. Sure enough, somebody's wallet, their driver's license, other IDs in there, credit cards in there. And so I gathered, gathered it all up, and I'm, I'm working to get a hold of that person. There was no phone number readily available there. Looking to get a hold of that person and uh, get it back to them. And not shop too much on Amazon with their cards while, you know, <laughs> well, the faster I can get a hold of them, you know, the better. No, no, I'm, let me ask you, doesn't it feel good to have integrity? Yes. Doesn't it feel good to have the honesty of the Lord? Yes. That you don't take advantage of people and not only not take advantage of them, but you look for the ways that you can serve. Now, here's a person, you know, by the idea, it looks like a very able-bodied person, somebody with military experience and involvement, a very, uh, you know, middle-aged, very capable person. But in this situation, there's a need that he can't solve, but I can solve it. I tell you what, the love of the Lord inside just feels so fulfilled to help people. Isn't that right? The love of the Lord inside just feels so fulfilled to help people. But this love that Jesus is teaching us is not mere acts of kindness. It's love from a pure heart because you can do something that's noble, but you can do it not for love's sake, but to look good. Did you know that? And so that's why I wanted you to turn to 1 John. I want to, I wanna, in our, our closing minutes here, I want to look at two of the disciples that had their feet washed that night. Two of the disciples that were very close to Jesus, that walked around with him for these several years, and they say many things about love, especially John. But look at John chapter 4, 1 John, excuse me. 1 John chapter 4, and we'll begin at verse 7. He says, Beloved, talking about believers. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Let's just stop there. Beloved, let us love one another. For everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. That does not mean you were born as a human being. That means you were born again. In other words, John's saying, look, the kind of love that Jesus puts in people's hearts is not like mere acts of kindness and compassion that people have in the world that are not born again. There is a special love that God has that comes into your heart when you get born again. And he said, beloved, let's share that love with one another. Let us love one another. And then he says this. Now notice, for everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. For everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now look at the next verse. Verse 8. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. He who does not love does not know God. Now let me point this out to you. This is so important. He said, Beloved, let us love one another, 
For everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. But he who does not love does not know God. Didn't say you're not born of God. There are believers who are born again who do not love people. They do not love people. And John said, you can be a believer. You can get saved. You can make Jesus your Lord. Be born again on the inside and on your way to heaven and still not love people. He said, let us love one another for everyone who loves is both born of God and loves and born of God and knows God. But whoever does not love doesn't know him. You may be born again, but you don't know him. My dad went to be with the Lord in 2007. One of the things he used to do, especially as his three sons got older, is he'd always ask us, hey, have you talked to your brother? Have you talked to your brother? No, I haven't talked to him. Why don't you give him a call? Well, he didn't call me. Or I was over somewhere or whatever, and he didn't say anything. Or maybe he did this or that or the other. And oh, he would say this all growing. And he'd say things like this. I can still hear him in my mind saying these things. He would say, oh, he didn't mean it like that. He didn't mean it like that. Go over there. Give him a call. Go talk to him. Always, always, always. To this day, he's been gone since 2007. He's with the Lord. But to this day, the three of us, we can't mistreat each other. We can't mistreat each other. You know why? Because we know our dad. We know him. We were shaped by him. That's not the way you treat family. Even if something they, somebody did and it looks like they did something, yeah, but did you? no, you don't, you don't. You don't give in to that. You go ahead and keep loving. Keep that relationship strong. Keep that relationship. We're family. We stick together. See, if somebody doesn't influence you like that, you'll get selfish, self-centered, retaliatory. Is that right? Reciprocating what you perceive to be coming at you. But you have to have somebody outside of that that has a different value. That's putting that into you. That's what our dad did. And because of that, to this day, even if something did happen that seemed to drive a wedge in between a relationship, because we know him, we could still hear him in our hearts and in our heads saying, oh, no, don't, don't you let that stop you. Go ahead. Call him. Come on. Stay in contact. I mean, and we just, we just have that inside of ourselves. So we can't mistreat each other because we know him. You know what John says? John says, beloved, let's love one another. For love is of God and everyone who loves one another is born of God and knows God. But he who does not love you know what John said? You know what John who walked around with Jesus said? You know what John whose feet were washed by Jesus said? If you don't love your brothers, you don't know him. You may be born again, but you don't know him. Because if you knew him, you would not treat people like that. If you knew him, 
What is John saying? I know him. I know him. I know how he is with people. I know how he was with me. If you knew him, you would be loving people. Boy, that's powerful, isn't it? That's powerful. See, we so flippantly say, oh, yeah, I know the Lord. I know the Lord. John's saying, I can tell if you know him by the way that you treat other people. And particularly the brethren, particularly the brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. When somebody comes around that's less than lovely to you, less than enjoyable to you, they have an attitude or a personality that would reek of dirty feet. John said, if you knew him, you would probably treat that situation differently than you do. I've got more to share, but I think, I think the Lord's taught us what we need. Now I think we need to respond to what he's saying. There's so much to this. I don't know about you, but I find... I find myself lacking. Anybody else in here? I find myself lacking. As much as I think I've grown in love, I see lack. I see lack. And the Lord wants to, the Lord wants to touch our hearts today. He wants to touch us. I know there's probably somebody here that still struggles with some immaturity in the Lord that's thinking, hey, so what do I get out of this? Like, how does this help me? Because that's, that's a society we live in today. It's all about us. It's all about you, right? Like, I got to sell you something in America, and I got to convince you what you get out of it. Well, you get a lot out of this. Let me tell you what you get. Number one, you please the Lord. I hope that's important to you. I want to please the Lord. That's why I can't walk in sin. I can't just come to church and go on with my life and sin, unrepentant sin, covered up, living a dual lifestyle. I can't do that. I want to please the Lord. Second, Here's what you get out of it. You get to be used by God to bring the love of Jesus, that pure love, to other people. You have the privilege. You didn't didn't initiate this love. You received it. You received it. But you have the privilege of transporting, 
of being a conduit of the love of Jesus to other people. These are great benefits. Let me tell you, there are many other benefits. Your relationships, the quality of your relationships, the measurements will skyrocket. You'll love what happens in your relationships. Well, that, what, everything you're talking about, that's what I want them to do for me. Exactly. But Jesus said, a servant's not above his master. If I do this, if I do this for you, you be the one. Don't wait for everybody to do it to you. Well, I told my husband 50-50. Let me just tell you, 50-50 never works because we don't even have the same scales. Is that right? We don't even have the same scales. That's not 50. 50, that's 60. 60, that's 20, right? We don't even have the same scales. 50-50 never works. Here's what works. Be like Jesus. You be like Jesus. This is, this is changing us, this word. How, how many of you feel challenged and even the beginning of a change process just by reading these scriptures and allowing Jesus to share these? Come on, raise your hand. Isn't that true? Praise the Lord. Would you do this? Put your hand on your heart today. Close your eyes. Say, Lord, do a work in me. I find myself lacking Lacking the true love that you have. And I'm asking for your help. Forgive me, Lord Jesus, for thinking I'm above you. Because I'm not. You lowered yourself. You stoop down to people's needs. May I lower myself. May I stoop down. Even before unlovely people. And meet their needs. With a pure heart. Strengthen me in this Lord. With your heads bowed, I feel like there are some things the Holy Spirit's doing among us that some of you, the Holy Spirit's saying, you need to go have a conversation with so-and-so. And though they may not be all right either, maybe more wrong than you, you need to go and humble yourself and take responsibility for the less than loving way that you have talked or treated them. It could be something that you've committed, but it could be something that has been omitted. You should have done something. And the Lord's saying, if you're going to let me disciple you, then when we have these conversations and I tell you what to do, you got to go do it. Because if you won't follow up and go do it, then this is fake. This is not real. You're just being informed, but you're not really being discipled. Discipled is when you follow me. You follow my instructions. 
And so whatever the Lord's speaking to you right now, would you, would you respond to him? He's here. He's right here in the room with us. Respond to him. Say, Jesus, this is what I hear you saying to me. With your help, I'll do it. 